Baby Chevrolet saves you money. 2.9% APR or $5,000 total value on new Silverado 1500s. New Equinox with 1.9% APR plus no payments for 90 days or 2,500 total cash allowance at Beatty Chevrolet. The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle, has got his man and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. SwainEvent.com, you will buy that at Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is the best day of the week, February the 15th. Ben McKee, go ball 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio. Ben! It always, it always bumps, man. Intro always bumps. Let's think of that it, it never fails. I hope you're doing well this morning, Jason Swain. If you will allow me a moment, I need to get something off my chest because I've been a very, very poor friend to you of late. Okay. We are. What's new? We are 15 days into the month, and I have not wished you a happy Black History Month. So I want you to know this morning on February 15th, in a year in which we have extended your month by a day, I want you to know that I've been thinking about you, that I love you, and I respect you. And and I hope your Black History Month has been going really, really well so far, and I hope it continues to go well. So I just want to wish you and, and, and Nelson and Jackson and Rodney and Big Shot Rob, I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm going to stop right there. I just want y'all to know that I love y'all, and I'm wishing y'all a happy Black History Month. And I'm sorry that I've been a terrible friend, and it's taken me two weeks. It's it's taken me 15 days to wish you this. I, I, I'm sorry. This was a failure on my part, but just know I'm thinking about you, and I love you. Uh, Benjamin McKee. Buckhorn finest right on cue um you know it's just not my month it should be everybody's month because there's a lot of great black inventors that made things that everyone has the luxury of of using today but i get what you're saying ben you 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 know you're being lighthearted. it's all good my brother i appreciate that um thank you thank you i appreciate that man um well, you at home. You supposed to be covering the game in Arkansas, Ben. What you doing? Absolutely not. I uh You wanna go? I, I was not gonna spend my Valentine's Day with the Arkansas basketball team this year. I I, I was gonna allow Zakai Ziegler and 
Rick Barnes and and you know Don Connect having to deal with Devo Davis on the floor last night. I'm gonna uh, let them hang out with Arkansas on Valentine's Day. I, I decided to stay home and and spend time with my lovely bride. Cool. So, I I had a I had a nice Valentine's Day. Didn't do a thing at all. I don't so, don't don't need any details. I, I, I didn't I didn't want to spend Valentine's Day with Arkansas basketball. Quite frankly. Yeah, we don't need any details about your Valentine's. We. We good. Buddy, she is 36 weeks pregnant. That's uh, the only detail you need to know. Sir, when Jonas Adu is doing his thing, Tennessee has an opportunity to, to do some things special this year. But when he, for whatever reason, does not step up, is not involved, Offensively, defensively, not active. Then, you know, it makes it it makes it difficult on Tennessee. Tennessee six L's this year. Do we know the average of Jonas Adu's points when Tennessee loses? Well, I do. That's seven point eight points per game. His highest point total in the loss was against North Carolina. Six against Texas A&M. Six versus South Carolina. Nine versus Mississippi State. Eight versus Kansas. And five against Purdue. But boy, last night, that boy Jonas Adu was doing his thing out there, Ben McKee. Woo! He was a problem. He was efficient as any game we've seen him play at the University of Tennessee. And even more impressive about his performance is being it was on the road. I know it's Arkansas. I know they're not good. But at the beginning of this game, Ben, I was like, oh, hell, here we go. Here we go. Here comes the ish. Here, here comes Arkansas. Barely makes five or six threes per game. But here they come. They're going to hit five in the first half. Oh, today they hot. I know it was Valentine's Day yesterday. And love was in the air. But now they're hitting threes. This is what Texas A&M did. So I was like, oh, man. I was already show prepping. Like, oh, man, I'm going to have to rip these dudes tomorrow. I was like, man, I don't want to do it, man. Because, you know, I love the basketball program. It's my favorite program on campus. I'm sorry, it is. Um, I love all of them, but I have a favorite. I don't, ha- I don't have to treat the programs of Tennessee like I treat my kids. I can pick <laughs> a favorite, Ben. I'm allowed yeah, to do that. Got- yeah, you, you can, for sure. And so, uh, as, a, like, as a former Vol, you are allowed to do that. I'll cut you. Um, I was like, man, I really don't. You know, we can excuse the L to South Carolina midweek. I mean, Texas A&M, it was tough. They shot more threes than, than they normally shoot. You know, Dalton had an off night. Guys just, yeah. There was no way I was going to be able to excuse a loss to Arkansas with how they've been playing. But they cooled off. The numbers typically work themselves out. 
and boy, Jonas Adu was doing his thing. Dalton Connect. Defensively, Ben McKee was on a different level. Dalton Connect defensively turned it up a notch. There you go, Dalton Connect, man. Happy for you. But Jonas, 11 for 14, 23 points, 12 rebounds. A little surprising you have a block, but that's okay. 13 rebounds, 23 points. Man, that's how you ball, Jonas. Man, happy for him. That's a great bounce back performance by him. You saw it a lot in person. Jonas was terrific. And I mean, Jimmy Dyke said it a million times on the broadcast last night. But if if Tennessee is going to make a run in the NCAA tournament and and truly do things that have never been done before, which that's the expectation for this basketball team, the, this particular iteration of, of Rick Barnes' basketball team at Tennessee, the expectation is to do something that pretty much the program has never done before. I, I think most people would be okay with getting to a second Elite Eight ever. I, I feel that at minimum that that would satisfy most people, but in terms of firmly stamping this season as a successful one, I, I think Final Four is the expectation, and I think that's okay as well. But in order for them to reach the Elite Eight for the second time ever, in order for them to reach the Final Four for the first time ever, they have to have Jonas Adu play the way that he did last night and it it doesn't only fall on the shoulders of Jonas Adu he just has to be a very very key piece to the puzzle he he has to be a rather large piece to the puzzle and he he, he was tough last night and you know Jonas Adu isn't soft by any stretch of the imagination it's just he's not Toby Iwaka he's not Grant Williams that that's not his basketball game and and, and that's okay what what makes Jonas so great is his length and his athleticism and how well he moves around the floor for his size. That That's what makes him great. But in, in order for him to take that next step, he is, and, and it's a continued process. He hasn't all of a sudden figured it out. He's got to be able to be athletic for that size while also playing physical. And that's been the next step for Jonas. And uh, you, you saw that last night. You, you saw him make several tough physical play still had maybe a moment or two where you're like man Jonas you're seven foot seven dunk the basketball uh but for the most part he, he was really tough really physical playing through contact battling that's what Tennessee needs from him uh moving forward he, he was terrific last night and, and he truly is a game changer when, when he's on on both ends of the floor and uh it, it was just an overall really great night for Tennessee uh, you mentioned Dalton playing really well uh, I think you can really really see that his instincts, his defensive IQ have improved over the course of this season. I, I think it's night and day different in, in terms of where his defensive instincts and IQ is at right now compared to the beginning of the season. And uh, he, he's not where Rick Barnes would want him to be ultimately, but there's no doubt that he's improved significantly on the defensive end. I mean, he is now on a consistent basis, Wayne, making big-time plays on the defensive end, whether it be coming up with steals and allowing them to get out in transition or allowing himself to get out in transition. He's coming up with some massive blocks 
the last several games. And, you know, Dalton's very athletic and, and very big for his position. So if, if that is something that Tennessee can consistently count on moving forward, like it looks like they're going to be able to in terms of two to three blocks a game from him and two to three steals that, that lead to open runouts. I mean, that, that, that's huge. That, that can be the difference in, in a basketball game. Uh, so it was just a great night for Tennessee overall. Uh, I, I think we need to mention Jordan Ganey before we go any further because that man was on fire last night as well. And, he just adds a, a totally different dynamic to this team if if he's able to provide that spark consistently, which he has been able to do of late. 17 points off the bench, 6 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from the three-point line. And uh, I, I I like watching Ganey play defense as much as I do offense. He's all over the place in, in the face of his man. Uh, he's very pesky, very annoying to deal with if, if you're an offensive player. Uh, he had two more steals last night. And... Uh, they, those led to open uh, runouts as as well. So uh, just just on down the list, you know, Zakai only had nine points, but four of eight from the field, six assists, three rebounds, two steals in uh, twenty nine minutes. He had the third best plus minus on the team behind Ganey and and, and Dalton. Uh, it, it was just a, a really good overall night for Tennessee. You know, Santi was zero three from three, only had four points, but had six rebounds, two assists. And uh, he had one offensive rebound early when it was going back and forth that led to a Dalton Connect three uh, that that was really impressive. And, and the hustle is why Rick loves him uh, so much. So Tobe came in and was able to do a couple of things, four rebounds, uh, three points, had a had a tough and one block, had a terrific block uh, <laughs> at the rim as well. Rick said after the game he liked what Cade Phillips came in and gave gave them uh, with J.P. Estrella being out and enlisted day to day with a leg injury. Bama boy. Bama boy, indeed. It, it was just a really great overall effort. And you expect that against a bad Arkansas team. Bud Walton Arena was as empty and as quiet as I've ever seen it. But at the end of the day, that's a place that you haven't won at since 2009. And you end up going in there. Damn. And it's, according to Alex Schwartz, Tennessee's new basketball SID, uh, the second largest road win for Tennessee over a Division One foe in the last 49 seasons. So Arkansas down right now, but with the way South Carolina loss had gone, Texas A&M loss, I, I thought that was a really, really nice performance to, to get back on track. And uh, again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, Swain, about a week and a half ago coming out of that Kentucky game. You have a real opportunity to stack wins. And you've got Vanderbilt on Saturday, a Vanderbilt team who had a nice win on Tuesday night over Texas A&M in Memorial. Uh, Ezra Mannion, I really like watching him play basketball, and he had a heck of a, a game-winning shot. Uh, so that, that's a game you should win in your own building on Saturday, obviously. And, and then you go to Missouri on Tuesday night, and Missouri is butt-booty terrible like uh, like the Hogs are. Uh, so a real chance, real opportunity to, to stack some wins here coming up. 365 do win. It's hard to win in this conference. It's hard to win on the road. And to win by 30. Woo-hoo. Should feel really good about that one. If you're Arkansas, you should feel terrible. The panic button needs to be hit if you if you are Arkansas. Getting beat like that at home. That should never happen. On the other side of the break. Will Tennessee 
need to replace two position coaches or just one. We'll discuss that on the other side. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Baby Chevrolet saves you money. 2.9% APR or $5,000 total value on new Silverado 1500s. New Equinox with 1.9% APR plus no payments for 90 days or 2,500 total cash allowance at Baby Chevrolet. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. I think uh, we have been warned. There's no reason when Tennessee plays Auburn later in the season not to be prepared and ready for a tough basketball game. It won't be what South Carolina experienced. My goodness. 40-point beatdown. 40 points. My goodness. Do not have that on my bingo card last night. Uh, I I expected Auburn to win. I I would go as far as to say that they have the best home court advantage in college basketball right now, as of today. I, I, I would say they have the best. They're certainly in the conversation. Uh, good, good luck finding a, a couple of environments better than theirs right now. I, I know you have some of the traditional ones. Kansas, Duke, that that are 
rocking and rolling when they are rocking and rolling. But man, I, I've I've been in that arena with, for some of these Bruce Pearl teams uh, against top 10, 15, top 20 Tennessee games. And uh, they, they, they've been terrific college basketball environments. So I, I, I didn't think they'd beat Carolina by 40 last night. Uh, but but knowing how they play in that building, it, it also wasn't all that surprising. Uh, just because, again, I, I think right now it's it's hard to argue that it's not the best home court advantage in basketball just because of how on top of the players they are. The, the fans there, it's not a big arena, but they're right on top of you and, and they are loud. They're, they're already camping. They were camping out. Uh, I, I think they, they play Kentucky this weekend at home uh, and college game day is going to be there, if I'm not mistaken. The students were already camping out as the game was ending last night for Saturday's game. Uh, so I, I think that tells you pretty much all you need to know. Two things here, Ben. Number one, you say you have experienced Auburn's arena. Uh, Where you go, baby? I, I want to know what section were you sitting in when you went? Uh, the media section. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, secondly, I, you need to call South Carolina, South Carolina. When what you did say, I call them? When you say Carolina, there's only one Carolina, Ben McKee. That's North Carolina in basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I hear Carolina, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, Tar Heels. Oh, yeah, that that's Carolina. Understand there's a difference, Ben. It's South Carolina. That's what you call them. Now, about, uh, if, you wanna, if you want to talk about women's basketball, okay, you, talk, you say Carolina. But men's basketball, huh? It's the same. It's the same university. No, no, no. It just don't hit the same, Ben. It's a difference. It's a difference. Well, I, yes, but at Carolina is called Carolina because of the university, not because of the basketball team. North Carolina is more recognizable as a university than South Carolina. Oh, absolutely. But can I call them the Cox, or is that not allowed either? That's what they are. I mean, well, Carolina's part of the nickname, just like that is part of Gamecocks. The mascot, Gamecocks. Cox is There's short several, for Gamecocks. Several so. different names that, that you can refer to South Carolina as. Yeah. That, I almost said Carolina, but I, I changed it for you. I want you to know. I was going to say Carolina there, but, you know, I said I, I don't want to hurt Swain's feelings. Now my feelings are not hurt. During no. Black History Month, I, I don't, don't want to do hurt already more than, than no. I already have. Mm-mm. So I made sure to change it to South Carolina. Mm-mm. Don't even try to do that. Nope. I, I, I know. I know you. You know you. You really have turned into the grammar police. I I, I can't say former, former, because it former makes ball. no sense when you say former. It's it's stupid. No, it's not. You just don't want it to be called that because it's stupid. You can think that is stupid, but technically I'm right. Technically, they no longer play football or basketball or baseball for the sport. But Technically, that is correct. No, it's not correct. If you say, if you're calling people a VFL on one hand, you can't be calling people a former Vol on the other hand. It's literally the opposite. It makes no sense. A former Vol, a Vol is what you are when you become a Tennessee student or player or whatever. That's a title that you don't shed, but you do shed the title of a receiver, point guard, tight end, catcher, tennis player. Like, 
you, you're going to stop playing sports at, at, at one point. And that is a former Vol athlete. But you're not a former Vol. That makes no sense. So how about this? Either you stop using more. VFL or you stop using former Vol. You got to choose one side here, man. I don't use. I don't really use VFL. I use former. I usually write former Tennessee wide receiver, former Tennessee such and such. But it's not technically wrong to say former Vol. Just like I am a former Vol because I don't go to school there anymore. I am a Tennessee alum. I am a former former Vol. Vol. With with my diploma, you're not a Vol anymore. Former Vol because I don't go to school there anymore. You're You're a former Vol student. So, so you're not you're not all anymore, Ben. I'm a Tennessee alum. <sighs> I'm an alumnus of the University of Tennessee. Okay, you are alum, which means you evolved. That's exactly what it means. Uh, oh my gosh. Hey, here's here, I, how I about this? I can't. I can't. How, I can't how about that. how about this? You describe it as you want to describe it, and I will describe it as I want to describe it. And if you want to think that I'm wrong, then so be it. It's it's literally contradicting each other. But if it, that's what you want to do, you go for it. I will. If Brian Jean Marie wants to go to Michigan, hey, go for it. Understand they are the defending champions. Understand he's been up there before. Um, but I also understand that he has probably his best group of, of linebackers that he's had coming back. His room is the healthiest it's been since he's been here. Rodney Garner had an opportunity to go to Auburn, chose to stay. You look at his room, and his room is going to be the best room that it's been since he has been here. So Tennessee right now currently looking for a running backs coach. Will that be Carlos Locken from, from Oregon? Will it be Matt Merritt from Miami? Um, don't think it's going to be the running back candidate that was previously with the Chargers, but just took over as the running back coach for the New Orleans Saints. It didn't make, it made zero sense to me why a coach in the NFL with a young family would want to come coach college football. It, it made no sense. Um, so you can scratch his name off the list. That's that's just not going uh, to happen for, for Tennessee. Uh, but you do have an opportunity. Not saying Jerry Mack didn't do a great job, but you do have opportunity to get better. And if you're Jerry Mack, you want Tennessee to try to get better. Because you're not gonna get this, you're not gonna hire a coach that's the same. You're gonna get a coach who's better, or you're gonna get a coach who's worse. That's just kind of how it happens. And here's Tennessee's opportunity to possibly hire someone that's that's a little bit better. Anthony Jones, running backs coach at TCU, uh, Larry Porter, North Carolina. I I'm going to eliminate him from my mind. What I'm expecting is Tennessee to get someone who is a little bit newer in the game of college football that has a fresh outlook on recruiting that's not burnt out 
by recruiting during this day and age of college football. There's a lot of coaches around the country, good football coaches, but they ain't recruiting at the same level they did. I remember when Jeremy Pruitt was hired, and he was assembling his staff, and he hired Chris Rump. And I was like, oh, man, I remember Chris Rump when he was at this place, and he was at that place, when he was at Badmore, Florida. Yeah, he recruited well there. And we understand the recruiting uh, hurdles and all that stuff that was going on for guys like T. Martin and, and Jay Graham and Chris Rump. You notice those guys didn't get involved. Their names were not called. They probably saw what was going on. It was like, mm-mm, ain't messing up my reputation. I'm not doing what they're doing. But I didn't see the Chris Rump that recruited Alabama and Florida. And so I look at Larry Porter, and I'm like, well, he's been coaching for a long time. Is he the same Larry Porter that was recruiting at LSU? Was recruiting early in his career? I don't know that. But he does have strong ties. I think North Carolina is one of the most important states for Tennessee. Hard to go down to expect to get players from Texas and Alabama consistently. But North Carolina, you can win there. So I I felt like Larry Porter was really good because of those connections. But I need someone that got that energy, man, when it comes to recruiting. Because you got to have a different type of energy to recruit in today's uh, college football. There's some coaches right now that just, they're, they're, they're failing to adapt to college football today. And you can't hire a coach who's failing to adapt. You can't hire a coach who, who's burnt out on recruiting kids that in the first meeting, they're like, yo, how much? How much y'all gonna pay me? Like, you gotta be willing to have those conversations. And if you don't want to have those conversations, then you probably need to be on your way out as a college football coach because those are going to be part of the conversations moving forward. So who can embrace that? Who can handle that? Who can build relationships with young men, but also at the same time be able to develop because we have a young, young running back room. So got to replace Jerry Mack and – you may or may not have to replace Brian John Marie. Will you cry, Ben, if Brian John Marie goes to Michigan? No, but I will call him a former Vol at that point. Yeah, I'll call him a former Vol coach, former Tennessee coach. Uh, seems like there seems to be some nice buzz for Carlos Lachlan, the, the Oregon running backs coach, but am I wrong for feeling that that would surprise me if if he left Oregon, who seems to be in a spot to to win a championship for for Tennessee. Hey, man, home is home. But home is home. That's true. Bro. He, he is, is from the South. He, he, that that's a very good point. Bro, he um, he he's he played four years of Chattanooga. Um, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Me, uh, Memphis, Maine. He, Memphis, Maine. He he lived in Memphis. Strong ties in Memphis. Home is home. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of says all you need to say. Um, but how important is that to him? We'll find out. Because Oregon does we, have it rolling. Oregon does have it rolling. I mean, they're what? Top 
three top five program right now. Top what? Top three, top five program right now in terms of opportunities to to go win a championship. Okay. All right. Opportunities. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are positioned to go win a national championship. Yeah. Georgia, Ohio State. Michigan. You got to throw Michigan there because they just did it. Texas. I, I think I like, Oregon's yeah, in that conversation. I like, I like putting Oregon in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's to me that that would be a terrific hire if if they can pull that one off. I, I, I'm with Brian Hunsucker on the text box. I, I don't see Matt Merritt happening uh, considering that Miami announced him as the running backs coach yesterday. Not saying that. That 100 percent eliminates what him. What that mean, man? What that mean? We well, saw we saw Ryan that, Grubb speak at the Booster Club and say, "I'm your offense coordinator," and peaced out hours later. Right, as I was saying, I don't think that's the end all, be all. But as Brian Hunsucker said on the text box, and I agree, I have a hard time thinking that Matt Merritt would be okay with them putting that news out there if he thought that he could get the Tennessee job. Yeah, I mean, unless unless Tennessee was like, here's more money that you, we're gonna force you to say no. We just never know what happens in negotiations, but I do understand that point. Like, I I get it, and the Matt Merritt hire will be a very on brand hire for Josh yes. Heupel, in my opinion. Like, it'll it, be it like be the the closest thing to hire from within. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be the most comfortable hire out of out of those out of that group. With Brian Jean Marie, I wouldn't cry if he left, but I as I said on Tuesday, I think that would be a pretty significant loss oh, yeah. uh, for Tennessee, especially when you when you pair it with the loss of Jerry Mack. I mean, two of your best assistants on the staff, uh, just in terms of the overall health of that position group and their ability to recruit. I mean, they're towards the top of the list. If not at the top of the list. So uh, not an ideal set of position coaches to lose. That that would be a significant loss uh, for Tennessee. Uh, I'd, I'd be very curious to see the direction uh, that, that Tennessee went if he did end up leaving. Uh, seems to be a lot of, speaking of negotiations, seems to be a lot of back and forth in, in that one. Uh, it seems like Michigan is is trying to, drop off some big bags, but also seems like Tennessee's trying to answer to, to Michigan dropping off the big bags and, and seems to kind of be going back and forth from what I understand. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that one ends up playing out. Yeah, I mean, Brian Jean-Marie was, was, was due for a raise. Uh, I mean, you look at he's one of the best recruiters on the staff. Should he be? I don't know. Because I look at some guys on some staffs who are listed as the best recruiters or one of the best recruiters on their staff and they shouldn't be. That means that speaks to to how behind your recruiting staff is. You have some coaches who are thought of to be one of the best uh, coaches on the staff, but I won't say that in this case. Brian John Marie has been one of Tennessee's best recruiters. So if you if you lose him, I'm not going to judge anybody for crying. 
<laughs> you're a Tennessee fan because it's going to hurt. It'll hurt. It's going to sting for sure. And you can't play well with a linebacker's coach. You can't play around with that, with that position. You might be able to play around mm-hmm. running back, maybe play around tight end. You can't play around with a linebacker coach. You can't just not be, in the SEC. Yeah, you can't just be hiring somebody just because he can recruit. Like you can't throw Brian Niedermeyer at linebackers. Oh, we gonna give we gonna give you a, a chance on the field. We are gonna just throw you at linebackers. No, you, you can get your head beat in if you if you don't have a good linebackers coach. They got to be able to recruit and develop. Yeah, and and that's what makes Brian Jean Marie so good at what he does. Michigan seems to be very confident in their ability to to bring him back, um, but I also feel like Tennessee's confident in what they've been able to do in in terms of of trying to 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 match what what Michigan is offering or even go past what what Michigan is is offering. So there there seems to be confidence on both sides for for different reasons and as I said a moment ago we'll just have to see how it plays out and if if Tennessee continues to to match or get close to what Michigan is doing it, it may come down to Brian Jean-Marie just having to pick between one or the other. He he does, but they are the defending champs, and and he's been there before. And uh, Shamar or uh, Sharon, correct? Sharon Moore, not not the actor Shamar Moore. There's not an M Um, in his first name, Ben. What? There's not an M in his first name. No, it's Sharon. Right? Isn't it Sharon? I I know you like to change definitions and change people's names, but his name is Sharon Moore. No, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like to change definitions based off of how I want it to be defined, uh, like you do. Uh, but uh, it it does seem like Brian Jean Marie is is very close with Coach Moore. Is that appropriate way to to label him and title him uh, for for you? you? You've already said I, I don't describe former his first, his first name players is and and students correctly I, I i don't list off the the states and and universities correctly is is that a am i allowed to call him coach Moore? you can call him coach Moore. his okay, name is sharon and not shamar i know I, I keep telling you i get him mixed up with the actor but yeah i mean they and they probably have a really good relationship too because they uh you know they're on the same coaching circles um so i i i get it man i, I get why BJM is in this position. I get it. I get why. Number one, go get your money, man. If you feel like you deserve more money and someone else is willing to pay you more money, get your money. 100%. Uh, and, speaking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was, I was going to hit up the text box. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished with that sentence. Uh, Bo from Riceville wants to know your thoughts on speaking of bringing guys back to a former school they coached at. Your thoughts on Robert Gillespie? Nah, man. Robert Gillespie, I think, is the best running backs coach in the country. But if you're Robert Gillespie, why would you Why would you leave Alabama? Well, for one, Nick Saban's no longer there. Yeah, that's that's my point. Like, I know, like, Nick Saban brought him in. Gillespie was at North Carolina, who, did, who he did a great job there. He did a great job here. Um, I think Robert Gillespie is awesome. I think when he was on, you know, Butcher staff 
he he got influenced by Butch's mess. But you put Gillespie with a competent head coach like he was with Matt Brown, Nick Saban, like Robert Gillespie is one of the best backs and back coaches in the country, man. Like dude is legit. But think about it if you're Robert Gillespie. You're needed more in Alabama than in Tennessee because Kalen DeBoer's taking over. He retains you and some other coaches because Kalen DeBoer needs you. Like, he's in a really, really good spot. And he has a lot of talent. And I don't know how Robert Gillespie feels about Hypo's scheme, but if I'm Robert Gillespie, man, I'm 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 good, man. I'm staying where I am. He also has a young family. I'm staying when I where I am. He's gonna get paid a lot of money. I I would love Robert Gillespie as the running back coach because I think again he's one of the best in the country, if not the best. But if as I put myself in his shoes, I wouldn't leave any to go anywhere. Let's do the NFL. Which one has more stability? Um. I look at him the same, honestly, because I think Kelly DeBoer is going to be there for a while. Like, yeah, I, think he's, I, I, think he's I, I do. Coach. Well. Like, I think he's a good coach, and I think Robert Gillespie is such a good coach. It doesn't really matter what happens. Like, he's going to be no, good. But, but here's my thing with Kalen DeBoer. I, I agree that Kalen DeBoer is a good coach. I do. And I think it was a very good hire for Alabama. But, but he's not Nick Saban. And really? the, And the moment he loses a football game, he's going to get run out of town a like Brian game? Carson. You gonna get run out of town for losing a football game, man? Not, not, not a football game, Captain Literal. But you said my it. point is, speaking in hyperboles, the moment things don't start to look good, he's gonna get run out of town like Brian Harson. Not saying that he is Brian Harson. I, I think he is a a much better football coach, obviously, than Brian Harson. But the moment Auburn could turn on Brian Harson, it turned on Brian Harson, and I think it's the same for Kalen DeBoer. The moment they can turn on him. They will turn on him. I don't know if they'll reach that point because, again, I think Kalen DeBoer is a good coach. I, I think if they allow him to be successful, he will be successful in Tuscaloosa. But there's no doubt that he's going to have a shorter leash because he's not Nick Saban than the coach following Kalen DeBoer or the coach after that. Just because he, he unfortunately for him, it's a blessing and a curse, he's the one following Nick Saban. So if if he doesn't, have a year one that will satisfy Bama fans as he tries to manage the roster attrition fallout from Saban and adjusting to life in the SEC, playing the schedule that he does. Alabama still trying to get its NIL set and, and settled and, and figured out. Like I'm telling you, the moment that they get an opportunity to run him out of town, because a lot of Bama fans were not happy with that hire when it was announced. It was not. It took them it took them 24, 36, 48 hours to talk themselves into it. I think I said on the show, my buddies were talking about how he's Brian Harson 2.0. No. Your and buddies so are, the moment your buddies are stupid. They're idiots. No, no, Brian Harson 2.0. Are you serious? Look, the dude coached the national championship yes. game. He has been a major winner everywhere he's been. He's he's pulled off drastic turnarounds in multiple stops. Brian Harson. I 
I understand that, idiots. and I I agree. This was the, those that was my response as well. But a lot of Bama fans felt that way. A lot of Bama fans were underwhelmed with the hire. They wanted Steve Sarkeesian. They wanted D'Amico Ryan's. <laughs> they they wanted like what? brand slam hires. Why would Steve Sarkeesian leave Texas? It's well, the best job coached, in America. He coached at Alabama, and and he he deserves. Or he owes his 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 success at Texas to to coaching at Alabama when Nick Saban gave him another opportunity. Golly. So like I think Bama fans that they weren't like mad at the hire with Kalen DeBoer, but a good chunk of them were underwhelmed. And it, it took them 24, 36, 48 hours. Those same people that I w- said were referring to him as Brian Hartson 2.0, within a day or two, they came back and changed their mind. So like they, they, it took them a minute to talk themselves into it, which makes me think that if if he loses the game that he's not supposed to this season, which is likely as they make that transition, I think they'll turn on him. And obviously, one loss is not going to run him out of town. But I do believe that just like Brian Harson, Auburn fans did not want Brian Harson when he was hired. The moment they could take advantage of that and run him out of town, they did. So Man, the, I, yeah, I do wonder they'll, they'll where, where Coach G would have more stability. They, they, you just shared how emotionally unstable a college football fan is. Yes. You just you just illustrated that. that they, they didn't. They called him Brian Hart's 2.0, which is the dumbest thing ever. And then, like, a day later, they were okay. And – we saw people turn on Josh Hype when we lost to Florida this past year. And then people were okay. Like, that's that's what happens. People emotionally overreact and say stuff that they don't mean um, because they're emotional, man. This is just what happens. He is going to lose a game he's not supposed to lose. Because you know why? Everyone does that. Every coach does that. It happens. Vaughn Burnham sums it up perfectly. Swain, you are looking at this from a normal person reality. Alabama fans live in a false reality. Hey man, they, they've so been like, winning a lot. They've been winning a lot. They've been on top of college football. Their perception of reality is a little warped. I absolutely, but like getting it back to the original conversation with Coach G, like I, I feel you everything you're saying, but I, I do think there's something to be said about maybe having more stability with Tennessee and being valued just as much at Tennessee as you are at Alabama, because of how often we talk about how important the running back position is to Tennessee's offense. He's, he's not, he's not an option. He's not. He's, I, I get yeah, that, but I know we set off on that conversation, maybe unrealistically, but yeah, he's not an option. I, just talking about it in general, even if he isn't an option, I, I, I do think Tennessee would have plenty to offer him. Yeah. I, I'm not leaving him from Gillespie. Well, we know you're not leaving the university of Alabama. Um. Yeah, I just, I just said, if I'm Gillespie, if I'm Gillespie, I'm not leaving that position. Um, I wouldn't. Now, if I'm some of these other coaches, like a Carlos Lockin or a a Anthony Jones, then yeah, like I'm, I'm, because home is home, man. Tennessee is home. There's strong ties to Tennessee. Like I'm, and the thing about the job at Tennessee, it's like Josh Hype was easy to work for. I do super laid back. 
some cases probably too laid back, but he he is awesome to work for. Something that Jerry Mack has said, and I think that and something I was I was about to say. I think the same thing you're saying is in a day and age where we we mentioned it a moment ago, where where coaches are bolting for the NFL, that that matters. That that matters absolutely. I think that's more important than ever that you 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 as a head coach are easy to to work for in the realm of of the craziness that is being employed in college athletics, particularly with college football. You you can't if you run your assistant coaches into the ground, they will bolt. No, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta have a good working environment. And so, word is, Josh Hypo has a great one, man. Which probably is the reason why the decision for Brian Jean Marie is a tough one. I get it. I, I totally get it. I understand. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. If you want to give us a call, just, uh, Hit us up from the Swain Event app. We'll put you on hold, patch you through, let us know your name, where you're calling from, and use the Lady Chevrolet text box. We will go to that text box after this. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. You're listening to the Swain Event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. Fellas, it's a new year. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, have noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. It's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. And with their on-site lab, you'll get your results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube.
time to get to the Baby Chevrolet text box this morning, babychevrolet.com. Uh, Nougaval. Ben, how does this year's baseball team look compared to last year's? I'm assuming at this point of the season, it's kind of hard to compare a team that hasn't played a game yet to a team that completed a season. So I'm assuming the, the question is at this stage of the game, uh, right before the first game, how would you compare the two teams? Um, I, I think this team is in a better position going into the season than last year's team. I, I believe last year's team wasn't as close when the opener arrived as this team is. And several players and Tony Vitello have made direct comments or alluded to that uh, in, in the fall or, or even the last couple of weeks leading up to the season. Uh, Xander Seacrest yesterday flat out said that this is the closest team that he has been on in his four seasons at Tennessee. So uh, th- there were some they, – they didn't hate each other last year going into the season. Uh, but there were some guys who are no longer here who were frustrated and had misconceptions about what transfer additions were getting NIL-wise upon their arrival at Tennessee. And uh, those players who are no longer here uh, were incorrect in their feelings and allowed that to kind of take over and and affect things for the first couple of months. And, And it took time for them to gel. I don't think that they're going to have to deal with that this season. I, I think they're they're already jailed. I, I think they already have great team chemistry, camaraderie going into the season. So I, I think that's the biggest difference uh, going into the year. I, I do think in terms of uh, the recipe for success is going to look a, a little bit different uh, going into the year. I, I think you're going to see more high-scoring games more than likely and until bullpen rolls get settled and, and guys emerge on the pitching staff. Uh, the lineup from top to bottom is just going to be nasty, whereas last year it, it took a little bit of time to figure out the lineup. Um, and, and you have A.J. Russell and Drew Beam on the mound, but behind them you're going to have to figure some things out as well. So uh, to me, those are the, the two biggest differences going into the season. I, I think this team right now has better team chemistry, which will go a long way. Uh, over the first month or two of the season. Uh, and then I, I think they're going to win more through through its offense than, than necessarily on the mound early in the season. Uh, Todd, what are your thoughts on the official baseball roster? I have a feeling there is several redshirt years coming and several will be transferring to Walters or other uh, junior colleges. Denton's Tennessee career over, or do you think they're saving him for 2025? Uh, in terms of Zane Denton, I think it's up to Zane Denton. I, I from the outside looking in, only see two options. Uh, I, I see a redshirt year and then apply for a waiver to come back and play next season, which uh, the waiver that Tennessee would apply for, I think it feels somewhat confident in its ability to receive that waiver, which would give him another year. Uh, it's either that, it's either sit out and play for Tennessee next year, or it's not play college baseball again and, and hope you get picked up by somebody. So uh, I, I think Tennessee is very open to 
Zane coming back next season, and I think that's their preferred route going forward, but it, it'll be up to Zane Denton ultimately. Uh, in terms of the official roster, I, I know there's uh, game notes have been put out. Uh, I, I believe there's been some guys added to the online roster. I would caution you and encourage you not to perceive that as the official roster. Uh, I, I would check back maybe tomorrow around lunch or at least by game time tomorrow. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's SID, Sean Barrows, is is doing as great of a job as he possibly can in terms of getting a roster out there. Uh, but quite frankly, uh, this this coaching staff likes to wait until the very last possible second, whether right or wrong, they have the right to do so because the, the rules allow them to do that. Uh, they wait to the last possible second to decide who is going to redshirt. And uh, I believe the roster has to be official uh, by midnight tonight, and it'll be a 40-man active roster. So I, I would wait and, and hold out on viewing something as an official roster until tomorrow. Uh, but they, they have several candidates to, to redshirt uh, with those freshmen just because they, there are uh, so many talented guys and, and veterans in, in front of them. Uh, I mean, you go on down the list. I mean, there's kind of too many to, to go over, uh, quite frankly. Um, but th- there will be, I, I believe there's 52 currently in the program. Uh, so 12 of them are, are going to have to, to redshirt it. And you have a couple who are dealing with some injuries, uh, some incoming freshmen that are dealing with some injuries, which will help make that decision easier. But they they even have a couple guys, the ones that I'll mention in terms of like it becoming a tough decision are guys like Blake Grimmer and Camden Bates. Uh, those are two guys that in the fall probably 100% was going to redshirt, but they couldn't stop hitting the baseball the last couple of weeks. Uh, so guys like that have made a, a tough decision on the coaching staff. But uh, and, and Ariel Antigua and Dean Curley and Matthew Dallas and guys like that, they're, they're, they're not redshirting. Derek Schaefer, they're not redshirting. Uh, it's more of the Dylan Loy redshirt. Um, does Blake Grimmer, does Camden Bates, do, do, do they redshirt? What do they do with Stone Lawless, uh, a catcher from Huntsville High School, Swain's rival high school uh, back in the day? Uh, Stone, Tony said yesterday that he thinks that he's a future big leaguer. But he has uh, Cal Stark, Cannon Peebles, Charlie Taylor, and Dalton Bargo all in front of him at the catcher's position. And Tony said yesterday that if you put him in the game, he's confident that he can produce at the plate. But do you want to burn a year of eligibility when he's got four guys in, in front of him? So uh, those are the decisions that I think that they're still trying to make and, and coming down to the wire, as Tony does every single season. Who makes the decision on waivers? as it pertains to uh, Zane Ditton. In terms of, like, Whether getting not, the way? Yeah, or yeah. The NCAA. Uh, yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Nelson from <laughs> Jackson. Can I walk in the orange and white game with you or Ben since there won't be any tickets? Uh, Tennessee announced yesterday that... The orange-white game will be in Knoxville, will be in Neyland Stadium, but there will only be 10,000 tickets. I'm, You know what, Ben? I am proud of us. I'm proud of all nation. I'm proud of all Twitter. I'm proud because I haven't seen much complaining about it. Much. About yeah, I, I want I won't use that word. I'm proud. I'm proud of um, 
our fan base. I really am. There was ideas of moving orange and white game to a different city. Not saying it got serious, but something that was tossed around, brought up. This was the absolute right move to make. And I do understand that there are a lot of fans that like this, the spring game is like your chance to really, really get inside the stadium, not have to worry about overpriced tickets, not have to worry about uh, crazy amount of traffic. Perfect for the kids. Perfect. But you're trying to renovate. And Neal Stadium needs it. As much as we are proud of Neal Stadium, we're prideful about where Tennessee Vols play, it's old. It needs some upgrades. And there's media members like Ben they only see the good parts. They get air-conditioned press room. They get all the good goodies and desserts and Wi-Fi. They not in the mud like some of the other Tennessee fans. They have to pee in a trough and 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 see all this raggedy stuff. They don't have to deal with that. But there's a lot of upgrades that need to be done. This is the only time to do it. It's in the offseason. Um, in the short past, Right after the last game, I remember when Tennessee played Vanderbilt at home is when Nico visited. Immediately after that game, that's when construction started to uh, enhance the experience for for the fans. So whether it was the party deck or the premium seats, um, putting those awesome seats there, that construction started right after the Vanderbilt game. And so the last home game, construction started right then uh, as well. And so you need time. It takes time to put this work in and make sure that it's ready for the first of the season. And so they went to the contractor. They said, is there any way that we can do this? Contractor gave him that number. So that's it's 10000 does it feel unfair that the people that got the goal gets the first opportunity? Yeah, yeah, it is fair. <laughs> it, it's fair. It's, it's pretty fair. And, and so, yeah, it's going to stink for some people not being able to go to the spring game, but, like, you got to think long-term here. Um, that weekend is probably going to be the biggest baseball series in Knoxville when Tennessee plays LSU, defending national champions. You're going to have opportunity to host recruits. Like, you got to have the orange or white game right here. We can't be having the orange or white game in Chattanooga or in Tri-Cities or somewhere else and then telling all our fans, hey, don't go to Knoxville where Tennessee is hosting LSU. It's going to be the biggest baseball series um, of, of the season in our newly renovated baseball stadium. Don't come to Knoxville. Go to the orange and white game in a different city. That makes no sense. You can't do that. So, got to have the orange and white game here. Big weekend for recruits. Big opportunity to use baseball. We saw baseball feeding off football. Football feeding off baseball in terms of recruiting. So, I'm surprised, Ben. I'm proud that haven't seen much complaining about it. Yeah, I, I am as well. It, it felt like something 
Um, I believe Tennessee gave just about all the the news outlets in in town the heads up that they were going to be announcing this at two o'clock yesterday. And um, when I first heard the the details, I said, "Oh Lord, here, here, here comes the storm." Uh, I I thought a lot of people were going to be very upset with with this, um, and I, I have not seen that reaction. I agree with you. I've been surprised, and I, I think most people understand. And it is a a one off. Should be a one off. And um, my really only thought is that I just feel bad for the families who th- this is an easy opportunity uh, to bring their family to Neyland Stadium uh, because Neyland Stadium is an attraction. Um, you you make fun of me for sitting in the press box now, but. Uh, prior to moving to Knoxville, I was I was that high school kid and that junior college kid who was getting my dad to dragging my dad up to Knoxville for, for a Saturday to to go to the spring game and pinching pennies and saving as much money as I could uh, while while selling shoes at Dick Sporting Goods to 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 pay for my tuition at junior college and and also save up and and pay my way to come to a couple football games in in the fall. Uh, so I, I, I've been that fan to, to where I, I don't live in Knoxville and I don't get to see Neyland Stadium on a daily basis, whether it's from the outside or the inside or Thompson Bowling Arena or Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Um, my, my current job allows me to see these things on a daily basis and, and that can can lead to losing perspective on, on how cool it is to see these stadiums and arenas on a daily basis that means so much to Tennessee fans. So I do feel bad for the fans that this is an easy experience to make happen, uh, whether it be for themselves, whether it be for their their young family, their their kids to, to get inside of Neyland Stadium uh, pretty much for, for free. It's, it's been free as, as long as I can remember. Uh, it, it's it's a cheap way and, and a real easy way to, to simply get your family inside of Neyland Stadium and be able to experience Neyland, even if it is just a spring game. So I, I feel bad that that won't be able to happen uh, this year, but it, it's a necessary evil. I mean, it, it's as simple as that, and, and I think most people understand that. If you want to have the biggest, baddest, nicest stadium, you've got to make renovations. And unfortunately, the the downside to renovations, especially big renovations, is the access to the facility when, when it's under construction. It's, it's just not the same, especially when, when they're changing so much that, that they are uh, this offseason. So it's an unfortunate situation, but, uh, but a necessary evil uh, to make sure that Neyland Stadium becomes the the next iteration, beautiful iteration of Neyland Stadium. I mean, it's inconvenient, but it's absolutely the right right thing to do. Uh, Chip Payne says, I've heard some complaining on other shows, but it's primarily an old guy who doesn't even attend the Orange or White game ever, but is still complaining about who will get the tickets. Exactly. Exactly. Proof and evidence that people just want to complain. Even if it doesn't affect them, even if it's logically the best decision to make, you know what? I just want to complain. I just want something to complain about. Volstorm says that's because fans are used to getting the big orange screw. Really? Really, Volstorm? 
I can sense the sarcasm in the text box. Vol Village will be open. And with that, there will be a watch party. So there will be screen set up. There will be, I want to say, a watch party for the baseball game as well. Um, and so you have administration that's doing the best that they can trying to upgrade because it desperately needs it. But at the same time, trying to cater to their fan base. I don't see a reason why anybody would complain. No, I mean, it's why it's why why expect if you have a limited amount of tickets, why expect anyone besides your biggest givers to get first priority? Like, why would you even expect anything different? Why? Like, if you were a big donor and you gave six figures to the university, would you expect top priority as well? Absolutely. Like, if you pay Amazon Prime, you expect your damn package to come in the mail sooner than if you don't pay Amazon Prime. So, I don't get why anybody would be confused or feel a certain type of way. Uh, get get your money up. I mean, that's, that's, that's the best advice I can give you. Yep. I'm 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 with you. I mean, I I think given the situation, Tennessee's administration is doing the best job that they can with it. Yeah. They they they're taking the lemons that they've been dealt and trying to make the best lemonade possible. And uh I, again, I mean, do you want Neyland Stadium to be renovated or not? <laughs> or or not? I mean, that that's what it that. boils down to, and I I think the answer to that is a unanimous yes. Uh and Unfortunately, what comes with the renovations again is is the facility mostly being unusable <laughs> during man, the off season. Man, uh, let's 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 keep it a buck here. Spring game is not going to be popping. No, like let's 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 sit here and think about this. You got a quarterback situation. You can't afford anyone to come close to the quarterbacks. You think real football is going to be played? It's not going to be played. You can't. Tennessee has a sophomore quarterback making his first start. um, Second start, excuse me. This upcoming season. His backup is former walk-on. The third string quarterback is a true freshman. You can't play around. I don't care how good James Pierce is. You better not come close to Nico. You better stop in your tracks, James Pierce. You you can't come close to him. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? If you are a pass rusher, you cannot get close to the quarterbacks. It ain't just about hitting them. You can't come close to them within four yards of them. Why? Because when a quarterback throws and follows through, your helmet doesn't need to be anywhere near his follow through. That's how you have broken thumbs, broken fingers. So 
understand he ain't gonna get no real football game. But but who's not excited about seeing Nico? Like everybody should be excited about seeing Nico. I saw an article on CBS Sports talking about Nico. Like everyone's excited about seeing Nico. So I get wanting to be in Knoxville and see Nico, see this offense with some of the new pieces. I'm excited to see it too. But this is what we have to do. You can watch it, you can watch it on TV. Or you can come to Knoxville, hang out with Ben. They're involved village. It's still a great reason to be in Knoxville. You got a top 10 potential matchup between Tennessee and LSU on the baseball diamond. Like, you need to be in Knoxville, period, point blank. But no reason to be complaining about Orange White game limiting tickets to 10,000. And, and again, as you and I said, we have seen minimal complaining yeah, yeah. since since they announced it. Yeah, My biggest surprise was that they're even playing a spring game. I, I, I don't think college coaches like the spring game. I think that they would rather hold a practice than a spring game. And I I figured this would be the perfect excuse to get out of a spring spring game. So I, I'm surprised that they're playing one in the first place. Well, two years ago, they didn't do one. And so because you didn't do one two years ago, you, you kind of owe it to the fans to at least try to do it and have somebody in there. Um Amazing golf ball of Wacker guy <laughs> says it's the spring game. How many big donors are going? I get first priority, but it's not a real game. Yeah. I didn't say that the people who are getting first priority are actually going to go. I know for a fact that some of the f- folks that are getting first priority are not going to go because it's spring game. It's, a, it's not a real game. Like I'm good. I got other stuff to do. I'm going to my my beach house, my lake house, my second house. I'm going on vacation. Like I'm I'm good, man. Thank you. And if you're Tennessee, that's what you really you have to do. That you have to offer and extend that common courtesy because they are donors and boosters who donate a lot of money. Knowing that they're probably not going to come anyways, but it's the principle. You still have to offer it to them. And then once they say no or do not use them, then you make them available to everyone else. That's what you're supposed to do. All right. Can we not uh, let the folks who can't afford to go to games make the spring game? I know they wouldn't take it for granted. Yeah, we can do that. Just not this year. I mean, it sounds harsh, but like, I don't know how to be anything else besides direct here. Like, yeah, we we can do that. We, we can take everybody that typically can't go to football games and can't afford football games and make sure they're able to go to a spring game. We can do that on a normal year. This is not a normal year, so we can't do it this year. I hope that what I hope is that the priority tickets, those people say, no, nah, I'm good, man. Give them to somebody else that will appreciate it even more. 
Not saying that the donors won't appreciate it, but give it to someone who no, normally can't go to a game. That's what I hope. I hope all of them do that. And people that are at the game are people, you know, like like Nelson from Jackson, guys who are willing to drive six, seven hours to come to a spring game. Like give it to those folks. Because honestly, those high-level donors and boosters, they're coming to fall scrimmages anyways. They get to see the real good stuff. The real, real good stuff. They're going to see the the spring scrimmages, spring practices before the spring game. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I didn't see all this from Nelson. Nelson called Gerald Mincy a form of all. Because he is a form of all. Yeah, and a former Gator. And a former Gator, and he's going to be a former Wildcat at some point. Yeah. For some reason, he's the only person on Kentucky in Kentucky's program that's publicly calling out Tennessee. <laughs> you get, well, that, that, well, there will be a recruit over the summer who picks Tennessee over Kentucky, and Vince Morrow will tweet at that point as well. <laughs> I think he's learned his lesson on that, man. It backfired couple times when, when when i was in rep arena a couple weeks ago I, I had my eyes peeled for gerald mincy i uh I, I was waiting on him to be positioned behind tennessee's bench or something or or in the front row of the student section cheering cheering against the vols saying some hateful stuff against his former team but uh look, bro. probably too too busy out driving where he's not supposed to be driving or driving how he's not supposed to be driving i mean good luck man I hope it works out. Uh, Camden, Tennessee Vol says poverty program. You can't call them USC either. Oh, yeah, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. South Carolina is what it is then. Living in North Carolina, when Ben said Carolina, I immediately went to NC Hills. And I thought, what the heck? Love you, Ben. But call it South Carolina, brother. I did call it South Carolina the first time it was brought up. (laughs) And when you write after you, you don't call it in a 500 to 700 word story. You don't call it South Carolina every single time you refer to it as South Carolina. You don't want to be repetitive. So you switch up the names, South Carolina, Carolina, the Gamecocks. I don't only use the C word. I, I refrain from using that one. Uh, and I don't use USC. We'll I, I don't use USC. What's the C word? Take game off of Gamecocks. I, I don't use that in my writing. You can't say it? I mean, I can. I just prefer feel, not to. You feel weird? Like you feel like it's a bad word or something? Uh. I mean, I said it earlier on the show. I called them the cocks earlier on the show. I, I don't. I don't think it's a. It's a bad word, but you know why you, that word you know why you don't want to say it because you don't want to make yourself start laughing. You know why? Because you're immature. That's why. No, that's not why. It's not why. <laughs> you don't start laughing. You don't want to make yourself start laughing, so you don't even want to say no, it. No, I'm not an Arkansas basketball fan or player. Um, there are several people. A lot of people. That that word makes them feel uncomfortable, so I I try my best to refrain from from using it, um, okay. particularly in in a writing format. So you're not supposed to refer to the like with Tennessee, you can't refer to them as Tennessee every time you refer to them 
in your story. It's Tennessee, it's UT, the Volunteers, the Vols, the Big Orange. You got to mix it up. You can't be repetitive. So I can't say South Carolina a million times in a story. So sometimes they get referred to as Carolina. I don't do USC, though, because USC is 1,000% University of Southern Cal. Do you call them what they have called their own student section? What are they, the cockpit? No, the cock commanders. That's what they call themselves. See? Told you. But you can handle it. No, I can handle. <laughs> never mind. Relax. I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> you, you're relaxing. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. All right, I wasn't expecting you to say cock commanders. Oh, well, that, that's, that's what they different. call themselves. Remember, they were looking for a student section name. Like Tennessee had kind of the same thing. We were looking for a name and we. Landed on Rocky Top Rowdies, uh, Auburn's. What are, what are theirs? I know you know. What do they call their students? Auburn. Section? Don't know. I mean, maybe the Eagles Nest. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But every student session gotta have a, gotta have a name to it. But I do agree with I, you, man. Auburn, whew, the Auburn uh, atmosphere. That's that's something else, man. I, I I'll tell you this. That's intimidating. I know this was a topic of conversation couple weeks ago with Danny White's tweet about the student section. I'm telling you right now. I don't know the logistics. I don't know what needs to change. I don't know why it is. But what I do know is I go to these other arenas and it's louder than Thompson Mullen. Texas A&M on Saturday felt louder than I felt it at Thompson Bowling this season. And that should not happen when your arena fits 21,000 and their arena fits 12,000. Same for Kentucky when it was rocking and rolling in Rupp. Same at North Carolina. Auburn in the past. I, I don't I don't know why. I don't know the logistics. I don't know what the best change would be. I don't know if it's Tennessee's basketball fan base having some apathy towards the regular season. No, but it ain't that. The, the the arena has not been what it should be this season for a top five, top ten basketball program that has a legitimate chance to go make it to a Final Four. The, the, it, it has not been loud enough, and there have been other arenas that I have been in that have been louder that should not be louder than Tennessee. So Danny White can tweet about the – Student section numbers all he wants, but it 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 seems different elsewhere. Is all I'm saying. Hey, maybe, maybe it just I, happens I, to I be where I'm. I'm sitting like at a And M. I was sitting right next to the student section, but it seemed louder than me sitting right next to the student section in Thompson Bowling. So I like I don't. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but it it, it seems different. This year, it's it seems something seems off. I like it, man. I like it. Call a spade a spade. Get louder. Get louder. We play Auburn here in a couple um, couple weeks. We play Kentucky. Kentucky. We'll see. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning. Hey, it's Rusty. What's up, Rusty? Well, I just wanted to see if I could help Ben with clarification on on why it feels that way. <sighs> 
first of all, it's such a huge arena. The the sound does escape a little bit. And I, and I know Rupp and the Dean Smith Center are, are big places too. But, like, that place, watching it, it seemed loud and electric during the Alabama game earlier this year. Um, but I get what you're saying because during the LSU game last Wednesday, it, it seemed like, you know, it was at Bearden High School um, between a couple of junior high teams playing. Um, and on top of that, Rusty, r- remember, Tennessee had jumped out to a big lead, but then kind of took its foot off the gas in the second half, and then LSU started making a bunch of threes. And right. what they cut it to like nine? Yeah. With what, the, the under the, eight and, timeout or so, was it? And the crowd tried to give some energy, but it wasn't really the, it was kind of stale. The crowd was leaving. Yeah. There were many elder people, calling it what it is, many elder people, when LSU cut it to single digits, when it was technically still a game, leaving the lower bowl when it was still technically a basketball game with eight well, well, to ten, whatever the minutes was left in the game. It was towards the end. People were trying to beat the traffic. Get well, out I, was trying to get to the, I was trying to get to the reason the way it is that way. Yeah, Ben. Listen. It's Kentucky and Carolina. It doesn't matter if they're pl- each playing Walford. Their crowd is crazy because that's all they've ever had. And every one of their old olds that do have the premier seating. Those people have grew up loving Kentucky basketball more than they love their spouse. And when they're in that arena, they're on their feet and as loud as they can possibly be because it's all they've ever cared about. But in TBA, if it's not a big opponent, those same people haven't loved Tennessee basketball that are sitting in those premier seats their entire life the way Kentucky and Carolina fans have. So they're more like, I'm just here to watch a basketball game and enjoy it unless it's a a big atmosphere. And usually when it's a big atmosphere, those people have sold their tickets for some ungodly price and somebody that actually wants to be there is sitting in those seats. There you go. I was wondering when it was going to be said. Like, let's well, I mean, keep, let's, I don't think that needs to be said. I think that's stating the obvious. We've had several conversations about that over the last couple of years. We need I mean, a reminder. That, that is absolutely. That that's absolutely the issue. It's a reminder, yeah. Like we like, he, and we see examples of it all the time when Tennessee loses games that people don't think they should have lost. You get football fans who are lukewarm basketball fans that have the hottest of hot basketball takes and, and have no across as someone that's that, that that has been watching basketball all their life, and they 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 don't even like the sport. They look warm about it. They like it a little bit, but they don't really understand it. And so those are the people who are like, you should never be losing like this. And the man, they didn't play hard. And like, yeah, they play hard. They just lost. And what's off tonight, that happens in in basketball. You have casuals more in basketball than you do football. And Kentucky's stadium, I remember being up there, Ben, and them fans was leaving Sooner than they should have. They were leaving just like Tennessee basketball fans was leaving sooner than they have. So, like, we have this battle with, with Kentucky, but there's some similarities. I think our basketball fan base is kind of similar to their football fan base. It ain't I, the main thing. It ain't the main thing, and we'll support it. We'll go. But, like, we ain't rapping about it. And we ain't, right. like, we're not willing to get arrested 
like like some Here's fans the- are in football games in Tennessee. Like we we willing to get arrested. We're willing to tailgate all day. We're we're willing to put our hands on you if you say something crazy about Nico. Like it's just <laughs> different. Like there's a different passion. Like we we love Rick Barnes and what he stands for, and 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 man, we support him winning and not getting trouble. But like that football though, and I, I see people give football team and program passes that the basketball program don't get. Guys, the basketball program is healthier. They're yep. they're closer to winning the championship. They operate. Eh, I don't know about closer to winning championship, but uh, you know what? I'll say that. I think they're closer, that. To, winning yeah, the they're closer to winning championship. Like you don't have any drama with the basketball program. Like you have a coach who's a hall of famer, first uh, first selection hall of famer. But it don't matter, man. Like yep. people, people just they're football fans first, and and it, and it shows. It's, it's just I don't think that's going to change. I don't care if you move the student section, like you have Auburn or Alabama's. It, it just is what it is. I think here. Ben, the other thing is when you go on the road, you're seeing a home crowd who um, are watching their biggest game of the year come to town. That's true. That's a good so point. They're, That's true. They're up. They're up when when the Vols come to town right now. We we are the the program that when when you show up on on the away campus, you're getting the other crowd's best effort. The, but I will say this: if they did something as simple as just give the first five rows, the first five rows around the entire bowl, around the entire court to the students, it would greatly improve everything. And I know they don't want to say that. I know they don't want to say that, but it's, it, I mean, that's not that many seats. And give every one of those people that sit in those five rows a box. Give them one of them press boxes. Give them one of them suites with bathrooms and TVs and couches. Give them that and give the first five rows to the students all the way around. And then it does two things. One, on TV it looks better because that's what you see on TV is you see the first five rows of enthusiasm from the crowd. And it forces the people that sit behind them students to get off their butts because they can't see over them. Yeah. I look at this conversation and issue and quotations air quotes here, it's like Tennessee football recruiting this season. It's good. It just needs to be better. Like our, our yeah. basketball atmosphere is good, but we have examples of other places being being better. Like you watch on TV, like I remember growing up watching Duke, like, oh my gosh, man, man that, that thing is rocking. Man, I, that, that stadium looks mm-hmm. huge. It looks so, like there's so many people in there. And then as I got older, I realized, oh, that's a high school gym. But like, yeah, the way they framed it, it made it look bigger than what it really was and louder than what it really was uh, because those fans was right there on, on the court. And so yeah. I, Auburn's done well, too. Yeah. I, Auburn on TV looks great yeah. because all the students are across the court from where the cameras face the whole game. Actually, if you're if you're sitting on the side where the cameras are coming from, it's not that it's not that raucous on that side. Yeah, I, I went, I went there like three years ago. What now? I, say, I understand both sides of this thing. I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. White's argument. I understand, you know, general yeah. fans argument. I do. And this is a good problem to have. Like, this is like, this is a great problem to have. This is a great, uh, yeah. topic to, to discuss. I just don't know if you can just change everything around. Um, we have to understand that money, money matters. <laughs> but here, here's my question, Swain. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying, but how much, would doing what Rusty said do, how much would that really affect Tennessee's bottom line? 
I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not on that. Uh, I I get that, but know. I would think that it wouldn't disrupt things all that much. Five I rows. I, I wish I knew. And, and not saying that, that would this? be like the exact ben. answer, but something like I don't think it. Like at a place like Tennessee, like I don't think that's affecting your bottom line enough to where that that shouldn't be considered. How about this, Ben? We don't need all that upper deck. We don't need all that upper part of the arena. When are we gonna when are we gonna put boxes on the opposite side from where the boxes already are? Put more boxes up on that other side. Now, hold on. And give give all the give all the people that want to sit on pillows. Oh, hold boxes. on there, Rusty. Uh we, we still got we still got offensive tackles to buy. <laughs> <laughs> that's two that's two separate budgets. Hold on. Hold on. And, and and Swain's comment hold on Swain's now. comment just showed why we're having this conversation. <laughs> hold, hold on now. Hold on now, Rusty. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> and Swain, Swain reminds we, us why we're having this conversation. Okay, in the first yeah, place. I, I need to because y'all, y'all, y'all starting to no, no, you line don't line. because at a place like Tennessee, you don't have to pick and choose. This isn't Vanderbilt. Right. You don't have to pick yeah. and choose at Tennessee. This is not Missouri. This is not Mississippi State or Ole Miss. You have enough money to go around for everybody. You do, but not all at the same time. You got renovations going on the football. Yes. You got renovations well, and, going and, on the baseball. You got renovations going on with the football complex that's severely outdated. Uh, this yes. is what NFL scouts have said. You got all these projects going around. I'm not disagreeing with you, but the reason that we're in this position is because it was neglected for so many years by other people, and now we're trying to fix it all in one spot. And, and we can't when you have college football and Cost athletic shifting um, to a different place, and quite frankly, we're gonna need to pay for some really good football players. Yes, I, I mean I I agree with you there. I'm saying we don't have to pick over <laughs> basketball renovations over that. And Vol fan, we're gonna continue to complain about the basketball atmosphere because it sucks this year. That's why we're gonna complain Dang, about it. Man. LSU last week was pathetic. You have a top five, top ten basketball team who can go win a national championship, and last week was pathetic. So we're gonna continue to. Con- about it because it's pathetic. Okay. All right, man. Just, all right, I'm just saying. All right. I, hey, I'm just last thing I, I send a check to the university and I send a check to the collective. I don't send them to the same place. So it's two separate entities. We can we can pay we can for pay now. left tackles. We can pay left tackles and Dolphin Connects from one place, and we can pay to renovate renovate the arena or renovate Neyland or Lindsey Nelson from the other side. For now, you send two different. Yeah, right, right. It's going to be the same place. <laughs> exactly. The same place. That's my point. All right, Russ. Yeah. See, All right, y'all be good. Yeah, for now. The the amount of people that were leaving with 10 minutes left in that basketball game last week, when technically it was still a game before what Tennessee finished on a 17-2 to two run, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Midweek games, they're late. Hey, man, we we got jobs, man. We got, we got stuff to do in the morning, so... I understand with more students, you probably don't get that. Um, I, I truly get both sides of it because I want for our players to have the, the the best atmosphere, the most, like I want us to be better than Duke. I want our atmosphere to be better than Duke. I don't, I get jealous when I hear all oh, Auburn's and their home court advantage is the best in the SEC. I, I get jealous. I just, I do. I understand really both sides of it, but like logistically, what all would you have to change to have that? And would it be worth it? Because, like, 
We're talking, dude, we're talking the 80-20 rule here. Like, bro, it's a great atmosphere. You are top five in attendance and you're printing money. Are you willing to change it for the other 20% without risking part of the 80%? That's how I look yeah. at it. No, I, uh, you're, you're spot on. Nah, that's and, how I look again. at it. But I like As you I said, calling out the fans, you know, not being loud. I like that. I like I mean, that. It, it just, it, it is what it is. It is, it, it, is. it is what it is. This is not a basketball team from the Conzo Martin era. And I don't say that to call out Conzo, but like these aren't average basketball teams. See, these are basketball teams that have a chance to go make it to the final four and win a national championship. And something has been different this year. I, I, I don't know the exact reason. Maybe it's just apathy. Uh, with this basketball team in the regular season and hoping that this can be the year that they get over the top in in March. But uh, something has been different, and uh, hopefully it'll also be different than it has been all season when, like you said, Swain, uh, Auburn and Kentucky come to town later this month or later this season. Ben McKee uh, calling you out, Tennessee fans. Calling you out. If if it if it makes the environment better, I'm I'm all for it uh, because love is still in the air, and that's a good thing, Swain. Because if you're not in love with your home and you want to buy a new one, you can call Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty, and she will take great care of you, terrific care. Uh, exactly two weeks from today, I will be closing on the home that I am currently in. I'll be getting rid of this little what is this thing called the hotel room uh a hut you live in a hut uh, yeah, a unit there you go i'll be i'll be getting rid of this and and getting into a nice new home that doesn't have one so i'm excited about that and, and if you want to be excited about getting into a new place or accomplishing whatever you want to accomplish in real estate can't encourage you enough to reach out to jennifer morris of keller williams realty she is the absolute best yeah that, that unit right there next to you it does look like you've been in the uh uh, La Quinta Inn. La Quinta Inn, excuse me. A La Quinta. You like your La Quinta Inn. It does look like that. I'm sorry, man. I'm trying to crop it out. I can't. Leave, leave me alone. I, I try to take it out of the shot, man. I can't take it out of the shot. Like, you still can leave see me it. alone. I, I, I'm trying to hide it the best way I can, man. I got the, I got the cell phone <laughs> in front of it. I'm trying, I'm trying to hide it, man. Golly. I don't know if you're at home or you're on the third floor. I think uh, I think Volfan kidnapped me and and put me in a hotel room somewhere because she was mad at me criticizing the the, the basketball environment. Yeah, we're gonna keep that sound right. Um, Preacher Rusty, evil Volfan. And it's right. We also had many, many conversations about a lot of other things before we got to that conversation. Oh, yeah. So we covered oh. the basketball game last night. Um, covered the basketball game last night. Tennessee may or may not have to replace the linebackers coach. Tennessee is trying to replace Jerry Mack. Uh, discussed that. Had some baseball questions that been uh, tackled. Baseball season is here. The weather, man. It's winter, but it sure don't feel like it, man. It must know that baseball season is here. So uh, this is a great time right now, man, to be a Tennessee fan. Um, as far as the court ruling, we will know when we know. No time has been set. Uh, great job, everybody. 
going up there to Greenville and covering it. Uh, I think everyone did a great job from different different platforms, uh, different sites. So you may have your favorite. Ben obviously works for 247, but I thought everybody did a really, really, really good job um, in how they covered that. Um, before we wrap up today's show, it's important to know and understand what's going on right now at, at Hiller. They have a promotion. They have promotions every single month. This month, right now, you get a free UV light when you purchase a select new HVAC system. Um, you can get a free whole home surge protection when you buy new whole home generators. Or you can get 50% off a descaler when you buy a new tankless water heater. You can find all these details online at happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Uh, any last minute good stuff here on the text box before we close out? Big Willie Style agrees with your take there about the LSU game. Uh, wasn't wasn't our wasn't our best? Simple as that. Don't don't get in your feelings, people. Just just embrace embrace the truth. There, it ain't it ain't lying. It ain't lying. We're not gonna go into more detail about it, but. You wouldn't line there. Um, Orange and White game, we discussed that. 10,000 seats. But Vaughn Village is going to be open. There'll be a viewing party. Um, baseball, huge opponent that weekend. The defending champions, LSU, will come to town. And so you still should mark that weekend on your calendar and, and plan to be here. So a um, lot, lot of good stuff going on around Tennessee athletics. Ben, it's been real. Vanderbilt comes into town this weekend, Tuesday. Man, hopefully we're talking about a completed football staff. Hopefully we're talking about a blowout win. Maybe we're discussing the court ruling from Judge Corker, uh, the federal case versus NCAA. Hopefully, we're not looking for a linebacker's coach on on Tuesday where we have to discuss it. But I uh, hope everyone had a, a great Valentine's Day. Um, hope everyone has a great weekend. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday for another edition of the Swain Event. Appreciate everyone listening, watching. And for those listening on the podcast, big thank you. That is brought to you by Beta Chevrolet and BetaChevrolet.com as well. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Swain event is fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. Peace and much love. We are out.